Oh, you're good at that, man. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. It's the SoCo Show. Uh, This is, of course, the voice of Coco Rabbit, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Seth Ott. (laughs) There you go. That's all he's going to say today. Uh, Special (laughs) podcast this week. It's our Octiversary. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, This episode will otherwise... uh, 26? Not quite. Um, Oh. No. It's, uh, what is it, 15? I think it's 15. What no, that's not it? right. <laughs> 10, 15. Yeah, it's 15. 15. <laughs> What's the, is that the, uh, is that the aluminum octaversary? No, it's the, uh, the uh, Chia Pet octaversary. Ah, fuck. Okay. Uh, just so you know, my favorite Chia Pet is Homer Simpson. Uh, nope. And I'm probably going to get you a sheep. You're getting uh, Bugs Bunny. Okay. I guess I'll live with Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> 120 episodes deep, and I think we just had our, our best, our number one <laughs> witty banter opening yet. Uh, this, show, this show keeps getting better and better. And uh, you can tell that the chemistry here has never been higher. <laughs> Christ. Wow. Uh, in the early days, people said, you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're not entertaining. Look at us now. <laughs> and today they say, why did you keep trying and go away? <laughs> people today are like, wait, really? Still? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nevertheless, we are excited to be here. Episode 120. And uh, yeah, 15th anniversary. The show will almost uh, almost definitely not seem any different <laughs> than your average show. Uh, we had a lot of fun stuff that we're going to talk to, uh, or talk about, I should say. We're just going to talk to each other. But uh, before we get into anything, I, I, I want to talk about how cool my weekend was. So I live in Bend, Oregon, most listeners know. And as some know, uh, Bend, Oregon is the home of the last blockbuster that's left in the world. And, um, it actually, it's actually a running functional blockbuster. Like you can go rent movies from there and they've also got like some historical crap and like signed stuff. There's a little bit of a museum aspect to it, but essentially it's just a normal ass blockbuster, just like you would remember. And, uh, I was lucky enough to be asked to perform stand up at this blockbuster on Saturday night. They, uh, after the, after the store closed they you know brought some chairs in and set up a stage and a microphone and me and a few other comics went up and performed like in blockbuster and it was really cool because where they set the microphone up where you're standing is in the comedy row so that was kind of a fun touch um but it was cool i got to like fucking stand there's pictures of me with my microphone in blockbuster which is like super dope (laughs) (laughs) so that was pretty cool and the show went well and then uh the night afterwards uh, it, this was kind of a bend comedy takeover of Blockbuster that they do monthly. They did a movie trivia night at oh, Blockbuster. No. Fucking A, right? And I went and I housed the place. Really? Um, yeah. They, I mean, it, it's designed to be like a family fun thing. And so <laughs> you can't make you can't make the questions that hard. And so, you know, I crushed a whole bunch of nuclear families with like young kids. Um, <laughs> I turned to this kid next to me. It was like, bitch, you ain't seen Casino? And so... 
I uh, destroyed him and his stupid mom and uh, <laughs> and brought home. And I got the coolest prize. So I, I should say I should say we. Uh, my girlfriend and I both went and played. Uh, she was a really good sport because she knows I love movie trivia and and she, she just she just came along for moral support um, and let me answer uh, nearly all the questions. But she did get a couple that I wouldn't have known. Um, so she deserves some of the credit. But uh, what we won was uh, first of all some free rentals from Blockbuster. I, I was gonna say that's probably number one. Yep. And then and then number two is you now own the last Blockbuster because it has no value. <laughs> I, uh, what's funny is we were, so yes, I got some free rentals and I rented some movies, including one, uh, that I'll review, actually two I'll review later. Um, and, uh, I also want a trucker hat that says blockbuster <laughs> <laughs> so I can dress up as a 1995 hipster. Oh my God. I'm really stoked for it. <laughs> You're like Ashton Kutcher when he lived in Iowa. I'm looking exactly like Ashton Kutcher. Uh, I already get that a lot, but now the hat's really going to put it over the edge. <laughs> Um, no, what's funny is I was, we, so we were in there for this trivia thing and this was while the store was still open. So like people were coming in and like people were coming in to return movies and rent them. Like this was a bit, it's busy. It's, and it's weird. I hadn't, I hadn't ever been there for longer than a few minutes at a time. Uh, but you sit in there and you see the traffic that comes through there. They, they, it's a viable business. Like it's Hmm. the, the owner, that's his full-time thing is running this blockbuster. So apparently it makes enough for this guy to live on. Um, which shocked the hell out of me. I thought it was just open for nostalgia's sake and was probably just a money pit, but it, it's making money, uh, or at mm-hmm. least enough to support this cat. So um, that was kind of cool to see. Very, very weird. But, and I was talking to, I was talking to my girlfriend about this, um, Worthy, everyone thinks like Blockbuster is so stupid because it's still around. We're the idiots. Like we're paying for <laughs> Netflix every month and like paying five bucks a piece to rent digital copies of movies. Uh, but Blockbuster is only a dollar for a week rental. So like you could go in there, you would save a shitload of money if you, you know, didn't mind driving over to Blockbuster and picking up a bunch of movies. Cause I literally paid $5 on Saturday to watch Undercover Brother at home. (laughs) (laughs) And I could have rented that movie for six months for a dollar. Wait, if, uh, (laughs) is, is, is it Undercover Brother or Undercover Brother 2, which apparently exists? Uh, it was just the first one. I was we were inspired by the existence of the second one to go back and watch the first. <laughs> and uh, I did. I went over to YouTube at Jared Buckendall and uh, watched his review of Undercover Brother Two to see if I needed to watch it. And uh, he said no. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna skip that one. But the original Undercover Brother is still fucking dope. I remember we. Uh, you were very ecstatic about watching it one time uh, on my birthday. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really wanted to watch it so badly yep that was when i i was i was younger i was probably 20 or 21 and uh and uh my thing my thing had become i was like okay i'm an adult now so like i do what i want and so on my birthday i was like i'm only gonna do things on on my day that are shit i want to do and uh then i saw the undercover brother was on and i was like the shit i want to do is watch undercover brother (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we did. And I think we went and got Mexican food and then drank ourselves stupid, probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my weekend. I was at Blockbuster the whole time, and then uh, fun. then I watched the movies. It was it was solid. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that the the Blockbuster show went well and that comment or that uh, trivia uh, was was dominated. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect anything less, especially with movie trivia. So. Yeah. Um, but I would have I would have I, I, I loved to seen you, fucking. Uh, Yao Ming 
slap a guy down as uh, you're going up to go get your prize. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> what was funny because I, I some folks folks who know me will know this, but uh, listeners who who don't know me personally, uh, I'm incredibly competitive, and so. Uh, this was like a real fun, casual thing for like most of the people there. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm getting every fucking answer. And then um, the way they would do it was really fun. Like if there was a tie, the way he would tie break was he'd get a representative from each team up to the front and he would say, okay, bring me a DVD that has Jake Gyllenhaal in it. And you would have to go run around Blockbuster, grab a DVD and bring it back to him. <laughs> and uh, I was... The round that I did, he said, bring me um, Forrest Whitaker. And so I went to the Star Wars area. And first, and I felt so stupid. At first, I grabbed Solo, and I took it up to him. And oh. um, and he was like, I don't think this is one. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so I had to run back over the, the Star Wars section. And when I got back there, there was a guy standing right there. So I had to, like, do this quick little jump around him, grab the disc or grab the DVD, and then run off. <laughs> <laughs> and it was I, it was very embarrassing. I probably looked like such a dumb asshole. Did you push uh, him down? But spit uh, on I got him the and point. Then you took it. <laughs> yeah. No, I spit on him after I was rewarded the point. You never <laughs> celebrate until the game is over. <laughs> uh, that was a fun night, though. If you ever get a chance to uh, to to play movie trivia at Blockbuster, uh, first of all, call me because you're here. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Also, I would highly recommend it. It's a fun time. Yeah, we were gonna go, and then someone decided to schedule something else. So that's right, we were gonna go. Yeah, and then I was booked. Yeah, we'll have to do it well, next time we're out here. We'll have to time it for for when that's gonna happen. Let's get the show back on the road here. We're gonna roll into uh, some some movie reviews, some TV reviews as well, and a lot of other fun stuff in between. But before we get into any of that, uh, let's do some chic tweets. I call you a punk. It's about that time for you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> I wonder what the, like, I wonder if people were faked out, like, what they, like, oh, what is it, what is he going to say? It's about that time for what? And then he's like, oh, go fuck yourself, which is always I don't the punchline. So. I think no. everyone knows. That's true. I guess. The chic is nothing if unpredictable. It's true. It's true. <laughs> time to go fuck or yourself, pre- Or folks. predictable. <laughs> He's nothing if not unpredictable. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Sometimes he's not unpredictable, though. Sometimes he is very unpredictable. But you can never predict when he's going to be predictable or not predictable. You know? I don't know. <laughs> I call you a punk. I bailed you out there with the sounder. <laughs> Let's give a shout out to our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Also, check out Mathis Designs. Our friend Steph is on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Touching. And of course, Mike's Wood, also on Etsy. This one is etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed if you want to get that woodworked. <sighs> that was okay. It sounded <laughs> like a snore and then a maybe it's a yeah. maybe that's a wet dream or something. I don't, that, I don't know. That was a that was a snort. <sighs> oh wow. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's never do that again. <laughs> Jesus. I hate uh, that. 
let's uh let's kick it over. I'm just we trying all... to, I'm just trying to, just trying to get our numbers up. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm sure gonna do it. Uh, let's kick it over to previously recorded Coco Rabbit for hopefully a snort-free advertisement. <laughs> Oh my god, that's dumb. <laughs> that is, that's it. You know what? That's it. That's the dumbest sentence I've ever said in my life. That's the one. Oh fuck. I know it. You, you, they say they say when you know, you know. I know. Mm-hmm. That was the dumbest thing, and probably will keep that record for three to five years. I would say. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, thank you, previously recorded Coco Rabbit, for that ad. Uh, of course, if you are over there on that anchor page, make sure that you check out the contributions button. Uh, you can become a contributor of the show and, and help us out with money on a monthly basis. Uh, $1, $5, $10, uh, however you uh, see fit to pay us for the dumb shit that we're talking about, especially today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you choose not to contribute or or, or are unable uh, just keep clicking on our episodes. Uh, every listen helps us out uh, by way of sponsorship, so we appreciate you guys. Also want to give a shout-out to Mike V and Jared B for being <laughs> our uh, contributors so far. And, uh, yeah, every new contributor gets a uh, tequila shot on this podcast. So uh, when we see some new names on there, I'll be getting drunk, and that'll be fun. <laughs> All that stuff is out of the way. We talked about Blockbuster. We talked about Audible. Let's get into the show proper. A uh, lot of news this week. Um, Hold on. Uh-oh. Hold on. Uh-oh. There's a, new, there's a new monthly supporter. Is there? Yes. <laughs> what? Who's the new one? Um, I know who it is. But the... the <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Go look at this page. But the name is... It's spelled P-H-U-H space Q-U-E-U-E. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that country means, of origin. That that mean if you if you say it, it's fa q. Oh, I see. It's okay. But I'm not kidding. They're they're giving a dollar a month. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess you know. <laughs> Can you guess every, who it is? Every rose has its thorn. I guess uh, every dollar comes with an insult. Um, <laughs> I if I had to take a stab at it, I would say it's our friend Dan. <laughs> ding ding. Is that right? <laughs> Okay, well, uh, not because there's no way to be sure, we'll keep referring to uh, him or her as fuck you um, <laughs> for this show. Okay, so give me just one second. I got to go pour a tequila shot. Give me, give me a moment. Okay, I am back with my tequila shot, and uh, this one is a toast to new contributor, fuck you. <laughs> <coughs> oh, that tequila's so bad. Oh, I've had that for a long time. Does tequila go bad? I don't think so. Um, I I hear it after two years that it will um, burn your your esophagus worse oh, than good. it normally does, and mm. uh, will give you diarrhea. So, mm. well, good. All right. Well, then we better hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- uh, shout out to fuck you who will almost certainly pull their contribution after this episode because they got what they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that piece of shit. But uh, nonetheless, we uh, we always appreciate a buck. So thank you to Fuck You, uh, Mike V and Jared B for contributing to the show and for everyone for listening and sharing, uh, bringing new folks to the party, you're really helping us out. So thank you. 
let's get into the show proper, guys. A lot of stuff we got to talk about here. And we don't have time to break down all these headlines, so we're just going to do them real fast. Here comes quick hits. We'll start out in the world of TV. This date is toy. Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> premieres February 6th on NBC. Nice. Uh, I had forgotten about, honestly, I forgot about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So when I saw this news, I was like, fuck yeah, more Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> toy. Smoke them while you got them. Weed sequel series called Weeds 420 coming to stars. Oh, barf at the title, but more weeds is good. I like that show. Actually, I think it could be interesting with um, now, like, it's legal in a lot of places. Like, I know they're in California. It's legal there. So it could be a different aspect to it. Like, it actually makes sense for them to do it now, I think. Totally. I'd watch it. And finally in TV, uh, Mayans MC renewed for season three, which uh, is giving me another excuse to wear leather next fall. <laughs> During the daytime, even. <laughs> And in movies, um, originality has fallen. There's three more has fallen movies in the works. I think Universal does them. Oh, gosh. Gerard, B- Gerard Butler has fallen to the B list of actors. <laughs> this film should have stayed in the ghost dimension. Paranormal activity reboot planned for spring 2021. Ooh. Wait. God, they're just going to take all the charm out of this fucking thing, aren't they? Charm? Well, because, you know, it was this plucky little movie made for nothing with minimal effects and everything, and now they're going to reboot it with, like, probably better effects and sound and everything. It's going to take all the cool out of it. It's That'd be like if you watch fucking The Blair Witch Project in 4K. <laughs> sure. I just I just don't think anyone's ever described para- Paranormal Activity as a charming movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. It charmed the pants off me when the first time I watched it. <laughs> I'll watch th- I will watch this, though. No doubt. And finally in movies... Uh, Bustin' Makes Me Feel Good, Dan Aykroyd <laughs> reveals original cast returning to new film. Oh my gosh. So this, I'm assuming, this is the same new film that we've been talking about for a while. This isn't an additional yeah. one. Okay. Right, they just I finally suppose. confirmed. Yeah, they finally confirmed that they're all back in it. So no. well, uh, that is the quick hits. Some of that was good stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll see about the Ghostbusters. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough I'm thing excited. to recreate. All right, let's flip and get into the show. So we have... Um, we're already in the show. I don't know why I keep saying we got to get into it. It's been going on for 20 <laughs> minutes. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's keep rolling forward here. We're going to talk some TV in the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, Seth. You're a fan of a couple of spinoffs right now. And uh, this is a, another one. Spinoff of a show I know you enjoyed a lot. Now in its second season. Uh, what was that on AMC? Uh, FX. FX. Ah, fuck. Well, FX it is. Um, but uh, big show. I, I don't know if it's quite got the following that it, that its predecessor did, but you seem to be enjoying it so far. What's season two got to say about it? Um, yeah, my Mayans MC, the spinoff sequel show to Sons of Anarchy. Um, yeah, it's not very. It's not like it doesn't have as big of a following, but it definitely is reviewed critically uh, up to the standard of of the early seasons of Sons of Anarchy. <clears throat> But Mayans, uh, you know, continues the story with uh, the Mayans Club, uh, mostly around Ezekiel or Easy uh, Reyes, I think, is his name. Um, he's uh, been a prospect through the first two seasons, which uh, in the world of the Suns is someone who's not quite in the club yet, but is is you know trying to earn his dues to get in. And so, and it, it's all very set up similar to like Sons of Anarchy in that way. Um, but the the story focuses around him um, in a, in a couple ways. One is that. 
uh, in the first season, you know, early on, actually right in the pilot, that his mother was killed by someone. And, and so this season is he knows who did it, but he doesn't know why. And so they're figuring out, um, kind of fit going through that and figuring that out, uh, him and his brother. And uh, so, so there's that aspect going on along with um, he's, again, trying to get into the club. And, and so there's those kind of cross, you know, the, the club doesn't necessarily know about the stuff with his, his mom and all that. So, he, you know, the kind of that stuff going on there. His brother also has this uh, aspect going on with uh, there's this girl who is an illegal um, uh, illegal alien. Do they still refer to him as that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, it's horribly okay. racist, but you can say it. It's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll no, I think that. That, that is a legal. That's a legal term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's, uh, she's from Mexico. And, and so the first season he was going back, the, the entire club was going back and forth to Mexico because there was this um, storyline going on with, with um, basically people, uh, different groups and organizations getting people back and forth over the border. And so there's a girl that he uh, fell in love with and got her pregnant, and, and she's been a target of the main villain of the show, Potter, who was in Sons of Anarchy and has been the villain in the last two seasons here. And so there's this back and forth going on there, and she's over the border and, and having the kid and all this stuff. So there, that's a main storyline. Um, and then um, there is another storyline going on that kind of, and it's go, basically the second half of the season where there's so from Sons of Anarchy, the Sons Club, uh, kind of they were working with the Mayans and um, the basically kind of like and he he was the big bad ish in in a way in the first season of, of Mayans and also through part of of Sons of Anarchy, but the Galindo uh, cartel um, with gun gun trading and and drug uh, smuggling and things like that. So they brought this back into fold here for season two way more uh, in the second half as it's now bleeding into Sons. And we get we actually get quite a few cameos from Sons of Anarchy uh, cast members uh, all the way in the in the towards the end of the season. The entire club uh, that we knew from season from the show, minus obviously uh, Jax Teller, because spoilers, he dies in Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everyone knows that. Um, so that entire club actually is in the season, which was really cool. And I think they'll they'll play more into season three based off of what happens at the end of season two. So a lot of stuff going on here, a lot of uh, interweaving storylines, and um, the the thing that I think <clears throat> this show doesn't do quite as well as like what Sons did is is it it doesn't really keep a lot of interest in some of the smaller storylines. Um, for me, I was really interested in foci- focusing on Easy and that whole thing, and also um, really getting back into the whole gun stuff with with the Mayans and the and the Sons of Anarchy. So um, some of the other stuff, like the you know the the daughter and 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 like the the trafficking and stuff, didn't didn't quite capture me like the way like how Sons would just really really perfectly like weave in and out of these storylines and it, it all made sense when it all came together. So um, otherwise though, I do like the show. I think season two was, was, was stronger in developing the characters. Like we're really getting to know the club now and, and like get really get to know who these characters are and, and they're kind of getting into that rhythm. Whereas like season one, I didn't feel like, feel like they ever kind of got there. Like I, I enjoyed easy and some of his family, but this season now they know what they're doing and they feel really feel into their characters now, which I I did enjoy. I'm always usually a fan of season twos, uh, as long as they're done well. I'm I'm more of a fan of season two and, and three as we get to know characters more often. So, um, I'm really excited though for really more excited for next season based off of what happened at the end of this one because I think we're really gonna get more into 
the 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 drugs and the the guns and stuff, which was really the focus of all of Sons of Anarchy. And and now I think we're going to have a lot of Sons and Sons of Anarchy crossover into this too, and it'll really be focused on their relationship because they've the Mayans and the Sons have had a really up and down relationship even throughout the entire series of Sons of Anarchy. So I think it'll explore more of that and go into that and the history and and uh, kind of what what's to come for them. So I'm more excited for next season. I did enjoy the season overall, though. I'll I'll say. Uh, um, th- I'll give it 3.7 uh, uh, <laughs> uh, leather clothings out of five. <laughs> you heard it here. 3.7 leather daddies out of five. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> for for uh, Mayans MC. So, Seth, um, and, and forgive me if I if I miss this in there. Uh, is Mayans MC a show that you would watch and be able to enjoy if you didn't watch Sons of Anarchy? Um, yes and no, I think. Because they do refer a lot to, like, especially when the sons come in there, they refer a lot to some past things. They mention Jacks a lot, and they meant they talk about some deals and and all that stuff. So, um, I think you would. I, I just don't see any reason why someone would want to. To be mm-hmm. honest, like you know, it's it's really a show for the sons fans. So, um, you could understand it, I think, but I think you would you really much more appreciate it if you if you watched all of Sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Um, <clears throat> the show is Mayans MC. Uh, it's on FX, not AMC. And it was renewed for season three. So uh, more Mayans is on the way. So get excited for that. 3.7 Leather Daddies at five. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. We got Leather Daddies. We got Sons. I prefer Daughters myself, but, uh, you know, whatever you're into. And so uh, the whole the whole damn Leather family is uh, is in the TV corner this week. Leather Daddy is just a fun, like a funny ass thing to say. You know, it's like one of those, um, one of those words or sequences of them that is really hard to say with a straight face, even if you're trying to be serious. Uh, <laughs> like if you were on trial and they were like, your honor, the Leather Daddy, <laughs> The leather daddy clearly stated, like it's a, it's one of those things that just sounds funny coming out. I don't know, maybe that's me. Leather daddies. Uh, I think it's you. <laughs> all right, let's get away from all the, all that leather and into this week's edition of Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. I still got the five. smoothest transitions in the fucking game, Seth. Don't you forget about it. I um, hope. I don't know if I can now. <laughs> leather daddy. Oh well. If I lose next month in the game, you should change my name to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, No more Leather Daddy talk. We got to get into this Mambo number five. So uh, we have this weekend, actually, uh, as of this podcast dropping uh, now, you can go out and watch. You can go out and watch uh, Christian Bale and Matt Damon star in the Ford V Ferrari. You know what I heard about this movie? What's that? Um, that they really, they battle all movie. Like they're, they're really like, uh, Ford and Ferrari. They're like, you know, going head to head the entire movie. And at the end, um, they come together because both of their mother's name is Martha. Oh shit. Ford V Ferrari, Dawn of Cars. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very creative title. (laughs) I didn't have a lot of time. Okay. Your bit was only a few seconds. I didn't have a time to go through options. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Ford v. Ferrari generating a lot of uh, early Oscar buzz. People are pretty stoked about this, and it uh, looks, looks, looks pretty entertaining so far. I'll probably be seeing it this weekend. I know Seth will. 
too. So this inspired our Mambo number five. Uh, we love Matt Damon and we love Christian Bale on this podcast. So we decided, okay, let's go ahead and smoosh their their uh, their filmographies together and pick out our top five movies starring either uh, Christian Bale and or Matt Damon. So this is going to be a fun one. These guys are in some fucking great movies. So we're about to talk about some some all-timers here, uh, I, I suspect. So let's let's jump into this. Number five. Okay, so number five for me, and I have I have like multiple honorable mentions here, so I'm hoping our lists are a little different. Uh, my number five is one I don't think, Seth, that you've seen, but I'm, I'm going to end up recommending to you, uh, American Psycho. No, I have not seen it. Okay, you're going to want to. So this is Christian Bale, <laughs> and um, I think the movie's from the early 2000s, but uh, it seems to be set in the 90s, and you have Christian Bale who plays uh, Patrick Bateman, who is a... They refer to him as a yuppie in the uh, in the oh the synopsis for the movie. So he's like this really modern Wall Street type, hair slicked back, like high tech apartment kind of kind of like a Barney Stinson type, but in a way more serious movie. And um, he's like obsessed with having his business card the right way and everything being clean. And uh, he's got this really obsessive compulsive kind of uh, personality that they talk about. But then also, in addition to all this crazy shit, uh, he's a murderer. And so <laughs> you have uh, Christian Bale being incredibly just unsettlingly weird just in his regular mannerisms and, you know, in his, the way he talks to people. But then he also fucking murders people uh, throughout this movie. And some weirdly enough, it's kind of a funny movie. They don't... It doesn't really... It's hard to describe exactly. It, more like dark comedy, I would say. Like, they're not... He's not going to kill a guy and then, like, make a gag joke and then run off. It's not funny, like, haha, that's hilarious funny. But just the way he does stuff, he does in this kind of comical way. So it's, like, disturbing to watch, but also a little bit funny. It's hard to... It's really hard to, to describe. Uh, but a super, super dark comedy... And there's some uh, some drama created by sort of an unreliable narrator, um, and you know, Bale's performance in this is is incredibly good. And it's one of those movies that you love to see, just like oh, that's how the fucking '90s look. Um, and it, it really is one of those. So uh, American Psycho, one that it, it's going to be Seth at some point on your uh, We Miss the Boat list, but uh, had to include it here because it's one of my top couple uh, Christian Bale movies. Don't fucking threaten me. <laughs> My number five is uh, Team America World Police. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Matt Dean. Matt Dean. <laughs> He's technically in it, right? I mean, <laughs> the movie that I was introduced to Matt Damon to, um, or by, I guess, wasn't in my top five Kevin Smith movies, but I do enjoy his performance in this uh, Dogma. Mm. Uh, Matt Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in Dogma. Um, really great, though. I mean, he, he is great as, um, I think it's Bartleby is the... One of those two. One of those two is named Bartleby. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but um, really great. I mean, I, those two together are great. Uh, ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon. I mean, just just watching for their chemistry alone is is uh, is fun. But um, th- definitely a little bit of layer to that to that performance too, especially just with being um, you know a religious movie. Uh, I know this is one that he he cared about quite a bit and enjoyed doing. And um, yeah, I mean, if, if you haven't seen Dogma, it's one I, I do. Uh, I, I don't think you've seen it. Um, no, I haven't. Minus. Minus the, the the rubber poop monster, uh, it's definitely one one to check out. So, <laughs> yeah, I have I have yet to see Dogma, but it is one uh, that is high up on my list. Like the next time I decide, yeah, I'm gonna watch a Kevin Smith movie, probably Dogma will be the one that I pick. Number four. 
Another one that I know you haven't seen, Seth, uh, Rounders. So this is no. Matt Damon, and uh, this is another one that's going to end up on your list at some point. Uh, Matt Damon and Edward Norton, and this is a movie about poker. And so Matt Damon is kind of a, yeah, he's kind of a down on his luck gambler. Uh, he goes to all these like nighttime poker games and things like that, and he essentially is trying to make his way in the gambling business. And I believe, if I remember right, he, he's trying to get his student um, student loan paid off or he's trying to get college paid for or something. And so um, he has a chance to do that early in the film and gets burned. And so the rest of the movie, he's trying to get back to where he was uh, at the beginning. And so he goes up against... Um, John Malkovich, who plays this awesome character named Teddy KGB, who's this uh, Russian guy. And then uh-huh. Edward Norton is this character who is this total fuck up and is so annoying. Um, but he's like the best friend of Matt Damon. And so he's kind of along for the ride, but he just keeps fucking things up. It's a really, really good movie, I think, from the mid 2000s. And um, great performances by both those guys. And it's a really exciting poker like the way they shoot the poker in this is really fun too. So Rounders is a good one. Uh, so that's my that's my number four. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that one, but it sounds interesting. My number four is a Christian Bale performance, and that's in The Fighter. Uh, have you seen that one? I don't think you've I, seen that one. So no, because The Fighter okay. and Warrior, I think, came out the same year, and I saw yeah. Warrior and not Fighter. Okay. I like The Fighter more. But uh, um, yeah, the... Christian Bale specifically plays uh, the brother to um, Mark Wahlberg in this movie. Um, I mean, it's it's a crazy fucking performance. All you know, he's all drugged out and shit, and gets super skinny for this movie. I think he won supporting actor for this one. Um, that sounds right. He he's he's great though. I, I mean, I love the movie as a whole. It's a um, I think it's a it's up there for one of my favorite boxing movies. Obviously, Rocky can't can't be beat, but um, the fighters. I mean, it's based off a true story and and. Um, Mark Wahlberg was nominated that year too, and he, he was incredible. And, um, but Christian Bale's performance in this one is, is probably one of his best. Um, he is, he is outstanding in this one. And he, he, uh, I think I just saw an article cause this is one that really, I mean, fucked with his body cause he got, he looked like, you know, he was drugged out on crack and stuff. And so he got super skinny and gross looking. And I read an article to article today that said like, he's done doing that for movies like extreme weight loss and gain and stuff. So, um, I don't blame him at this point, but. The Fighter, definitely a, uh, a great performance and a great movie. Yeah, Christian Bale is fucking dope, um, but uh, he, should, he should probably quit screwing with his body because that's, that's going to kill him. Number three. Yet another one I know you haven't seen, um, but again, it's it's in your queue for Miss the Boat. Uh, the Informant. This is Matt Damon, and he plays this character who becomes a whistleblower for... A, <laughs> The funny thing about this movie, so it's based on a true story. It's incredibly exciting, but what it is about is Matt Damon's character is a whistleblower for an agricultural company that is fixing, uh, along with another company, is fixing the price of this specific chemical that they sell, uh, which is an incessantly boring topic, but the Mm -hmm. the way that they shoot this uh, is incredibly interesting. Um, I want to make sure I get the director right because... The director does a lot of the heavy lifting here. Um, yeah, this is Soderbergh. So <clears throat> Steven Soderbergh is directing. Matt Damon is that guy who's the whistleblower. And there's a lot of like really funny and interesting intrigue uh, as they work alongside the FBI. And, and uh, 
he becomes the informant. And so uh, Matt Damon's character specifically is super cool in this because he changes a lot over the course of the movie. And um, he's it's just weird to see a guy like Matt Damon, who you know is this totally boss, fucking Jason Bourne, uh, you know, slash rich guy, uh, play this like put upon every man in this in this shitty office job in the Midwest. Uh, it, it's really funny to see him kind of become that. And then the the twists and turns throughout this movie, if you know Soderbergh, you know he does twists and turns well. Um, this movie gets crazy by the end of it in the best way. So Informant <laughs> is a high recommend for folks who haven't seen it. Uh, and it's it's my it's my second highest Matt Damon movie um, on my list of five here. Um, my number three is, probably is going to be a, a, a can kick um, if it's your second highest Matt Damon movie, uh, The Martian. You know what? I completely spaced on the Martian. I should have I should have the Martian this high, but I I spaced on it. So, uh, and that's not a pun. Wow. But I'll give myself. <laughs> oh God. But I'm glad Jesus. that you have the Martian here. Would that have been on your list if you'd have thought about it? Had I remembered of it, it would be in one of my top three spots. Okay. Um. So it'll be there for the both of us. But yeah, I mean, you can talk about it too. Obviously, it, I mean, it's uh. It's it's my favorite Matt Damon performance, not my not my favorite Matt Damon movie though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have one more Matt Damon movie higher. Um, just I mean, th- this movie is one that I was I was shocked I love so much. Um, I I bought it on on 4K Blu-ray. I mean, it's 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 a movie that I've rewatched multiple times now. Um, Watney is that his name? Yep. Yeah, he. I mean, his performance is is was it is it like Mark? Mark Watney. Yep. Wat- Mark, sweet! I can't really remember that. See, it goes goes to show goes to show that I that I enjoy, I enjoy that movie a lot. Um, but just the, his performance is is like it's very like I mean it's funny. He's very funny in the movie, but it's also like super like harrowing at times. Like it's his the job he does in this movie is is incredible. Um, the movie as as a whole is I, I mean it just the whole journey of it all and like him by the time they're getting out and then he they're they're rescuing him i'm just i was i remember watching that just like oh like at the edge of my seat and butthole clenched and everything mm-hmm. so um no it, it's great i love that movie his performance is great um you can speak about it too yeah the so my favorite stuff about the mar the movie is also my favorite stuff about the book like you have to watch him do all the problem solving and he talks through some of the science like that's mm-hmm. that's the part that i like and uh the changes they made from book to movie here were some of them were significant, but I think they really captured what makes the book great in the movie, which is a hard thing to do. Uh, for example, The Dark Tower did none of it. Um, but uh, yeah, Matt Damon was great. He was a perfect Watney. This it, this is as close to a perfect adaptation of a book, especially one that I've read, uh, mm-hmm. that, I've, that I've come across. So um, I was a fan of it before I saw it, but uh, they, they totally executed it, and Damon was awesome. Graphically, it's amazing. The music is awesome. The whole cast is dope. Like, this this movie is, this is close to perfect movie. I've only, I don't say that often. I, I said it about Spider-Verse, I remember, a few months back, but this is, The Martian is pretty fucking close. Number two. Number two. So I, I, I think we're going to have the same top two. I'll be interested to see if we have the same order. Okay. Uh, I have The Dark Knight at two. Yeah, that's a can kick. Okay, so we'll you will go to your number two, and I have Goodwill Hunting at number two. <laughs> That's a can kick. <laughs> number one. So my number one is the can kick from earlier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have Goodwill Hunting uh, at the top here, and honestly, oh God, I think it's my it's, number two. It's even like a it's even a one A one B for me. Like it's hard to really yeah. put these movies in order, but uh, 
the thing I think for Goodwill Hunting for me is it makes me just feel so. It makes me feel really good, like good really will hunting. It makes it makes me feel great will hunting. Um, <laughs> it's it's a weird. I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll be able to understand what I'm trying to say here. Like a lot of movies make me happy when I when I finish them and they make me feel good inside. But this one does that at like the highest volume. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it it is it gets deep into you by the end of this movie, yep. and and you're so fucking stoked. Um, once it's once it ends and just so much that's fantastic especially now like i can't not cry during this movie because robin williams this is my favorite robin williams performance uh-huh. um D- matt damon frankly is just doing enough in this movie yeah. to progress the plot um but yep. there's so many great scenes of dialogue and monologue in this and those are the Son things that i remember are line. just them talking to one another um but there's so much. It just makes it just makes my heart feel so fucking. It you know when the Grinch's heart grows three sizes. That's how I feel when I watch Goodwill Hunting. So that's why it's number one. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree with all everything you said. Um. That the yeah the, the end with Robin Williams. Son of a bitch stole my line. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um. I yeah. I, Rob. I think yeah. The I I love this movie because of Robin Williams and the relationship that he he has with Will in this one. Um. It's great. Um. And then yeah, like uh, the friendship between. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon was, I mean, that that's another great part of it too. They have, they have mm-hmm. great chemistry together and, and, uh, you know, this is the beginning of it. They wrote this movie together and, and all that stuff too. So, um, really, I, I love that movie. Um, I saw it for the first time, probably like, I don't know, uh, six, seven years ago. And, and, uh, it's one that still, you know, always sticks out. I, you know, has, has that just has like a, just the whole, like, like you mentioned, you know, you feel good after, after watching it. It has like a whole, even just the way it's shot and the way it the the way it looks has mm-hmm. that just kind of has like a glowish to it like yep. it's and it's kind of the 90s you know it's a grainyish look but i don't know everything seems like not too bright but like just like like I don't warm. Know, like a like a matte finish to it you know yeah um yeah warm is is a good way too but yeah goodwill hunting is great but my number one uh is the dark knight um i mean i've i've seen this movie many times um it's it's probably like in terms of like movies I've watched most of my life, it's probably like third, I would bet. Um, and I, I will continue to, to go back and watch this over and over and over again. Um, Christian Bale is not necessarily, you know, he's probably, he's probably my favorite Batman. Um, but it's not like I feel ecstatic about it. Like, you know, he's the best Batman out there or whatever, you know, it's, it, uh, he does, he does a good job, but I think the dark Knight is, is a movie that, you know, I know jokers come out and everyone's raving about that, but, but for my money, I think the dark Knight is is the is the best best superhero movie that that's been made in my opinion yeah i don't even think it's close because it it's it's a great example of a superhero movie because it does all the things that a superhero movie is supposed to do but it's also the best it's the best movie about superheroes like it's just Mm -hmm. a technically a brilliant fucking film uh Mm -hmm. everything from the the sound to you know the visuals to the acting and how much they did practically in this because chris nolan's a psychopath like they yeah. actually fucking flipped that semi truck over uh, with <laughs> yeah. a guy in it like um yeah that's that i mean enough has been said about how great the dark knight is um but it is incredible i remember just watching it, it were you here when i watched it recently i don't think so i just i just like put it on one morning uh while i was going around the house and like having breakfast and picking up and stuff and about mm-hmm. halfway through realized that I was sitting on the couch watching it instead of doing the shit <laughs> yeah. I needed and like you get so sucked into that movie yep um oh it's it's brilliant man it's um, I, it's awesome I 
I have distinct memories of like doing that exact thing where I've I've been cleaning or whatever, mm-hmm. and like I'll get to the point where I'm cleaning where I'm like going to my entertainment stand and like wiping off st- shit, you know, like dusting, and then like all of a sudden like I'll I'll just realize i've been looking up at the tv and not moving for a half hour (laughs) you know just just watching the movie because it is like and unless you unless you watch it with commercials in it then then i'll be able to you know detract myself but it is one of those movies where like it just keeps going it's a two and a half hour movie but it just rolls it you know Mm -hmm. just it's like like avengers like endgame like three hour movie but doesn't feel like it at all and and when you sit down you're just sucked into it so i love the dark knight um, yeah. I, it's always that that start that stock answer like people ask what's your favorite movie i always like used to say the dark knight and and now like i don't i don't think i have a favorite movie but if i do say that to people i still i don't feel bad about it i love that movie oh totally yeah there there is there aren't a lot of movies that and actually several of them have been listed here today um mm-hmm. there aren't a ton of movies where no matter what i'm doing if someone said hey man you want to watch the dark knight right now i'd be like yes I don't care what I don't care what was planned for my next three hours. Uh, we're gonna watch the Dark Knight and then rave about it for twenty minutes afterwards. Like any time of day, I will fucking stop and watch the Dark Knight. What if someone said, uh, "Hey man, you want to watch the Dark Knight and you have tickets to the Super Bowl? What are you gonna do? Are the Rams in the Super Bowl? No. Then yeah, I'm gonna watch the Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if that's true or not. Hopefully, I'll never be in that situation because I I don't know who I would be hanging out with that like cares so little about the super bowl they're like no nah, i'd rather watch batman <laughs> it's uh soldier boy oh well it, okay if i could watch soldier if i could watch the dark knight with soldier boy or watch the super bowl i'm absolutely watching the dark knight with soldier boy <laughs> no soldier boy is is going to the super bowl with you oh you, you have you have to go to the you have to go to the super bowl with soldier boy or you have to watch the dark knight with um al from home improvement Oh, well, yeah, that settles it. I'm doing whatever Soldier Boy does. Uh, like, I would go to the dentist with Soldier Boy before I would do most things. All right, good to know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I started I started to, like, lean into doing a bunch of Soldier Boy dentistry puns, but I decided let's, let's not do that. We're better than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, honorable mentions. I have a couple. Uh, I, I know you didn't like Vice as much as I did, but I really I really like yeah. Vice. Um, I, Christian Bale was I dope flirt- in it. I flirted with putting that as my five because of Christian Bale's performance, but mm-hmm. and it's not that I didn't like that movie. I just, you know, it, it wasn't up to the the hype that everyone had it. So yeah, uh, it got me rock hard. Uh, similar Gross. to uh, The Big Short, which is another yep. incredible. That one. was gonna be one of mine. Yep. Uh, um, the other one I had, all these were Christian Bale ones actually. Uh, the Prestige, which is one mm. that probably would be in my list had i seen it recently it's it's seriously been like fucking seven or eight years since i saw the prestige and i know it's amazing i just i frankly don't remember a ton of it so like i need to get another watch in of that sometime soon and if i had it would probably feature on my list but i'm I'm just aware of the fact that it's good instead of really having seen it lately so that's why it didn't crack my list the one i had for matt damon do you remember the adjustment bureau yeah that movie was dope i think it got yeah. i think the reviews weren't fantastic but i really no. dug it no, they were good. I, I I was looking. I was looking through movies catalogs and stuff on, on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, it, it's like seventy eight, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Oh shit! Yeah, that movie's good. Yeah, I like it a lot. I, like, I, I, I remember it yeah. came out. It came out at, well. At least I saw it around the same time I saw The Box with Cameron Diaz, and <laughs> that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we're better than that, Seth. <laughs> 
And the, the box, Are we? the box was I'm not, not better than that. <laughs> I'm barely passable as a human. <laughs> um, Cameron Diaz's box did not get a high recommendation. <laughs> so I think sometimes I confuse the adjustment bureau with that movie. Uh, with the box. But, yeah. But I also liked, I also liked the box. Um, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna pop a blood vessel in my neck trying to make not to make a bunch of jokes about the box. Um, <laughs> do you have any other any other honorables? Nope, just the adjustment bureau and Cameron Diaz is the box. <laughs> I think it's James Marsden the box as well. Um, I'm not sure. So I hey, whoever, no one puts the- James Marsden in a box. Oh, he's okay. his own man. I should have known. I should have known. Uh, let's move on before I get too worked up. Um, let's move on here. We're going to stay in the realm of movies. Uh, first of all, before we move on, uh, hit us up guys on oh, Twitter and Facebook at Soko show pod. Uh, let us know if you don't appreciate our lists or if you do, um, you know, what, uh, what honorable mentions we missed out on or, uh, what Matt Damon and, and Christian Bale movies have we not seen, uh, that you, that you want us to go ahead and watch. So, uh, let us know about that. In the meantime, we're going to move on and we're going to go to making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! That's a, that's that's like a top three sounder for me. That, that's that's just fucking funky. Having that who um, in the back? Oh, man. Next uh, next week's Mamba will be top five sounders, so I know where, where three is now. Oh, okay, good. Spoiler alert, folks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so making the quota. Seth has pulled a quote from a film. And I need to figure out what film uh, it was in and what character or actor said this quote. Uh, one day I will swallow up the world, and when I do, I hope you all perish violently. Hmm. Hmm. One day I will swallow up the world, and when I do, I hope you all perish violently. Oh, that's right. Okay, I have one guess. It's a movie you have seen, but I have not. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Oh man! The, so the first movie I can't, that came to mind is one I think we saw together. So it can't be this. Um, I was starting. I was uh, thinking it might be. That is wrong. I was thinking it might be. Um, this is the end. No. Yeah, because you've seen that. Um, okay. Well, we got. Uh, this will be a Jonah Hill movie, if I remember right. He is in it. Yes. Okay, he's in it, and the world's gonna get swallowed up, huh? That sounds like a. Yes. It's like a crazy movie. Uh, one day I will swallow up the world, and when I do, I hope you all perish violently. Man, let's see. Jonah Hill movie, huh? He's in it, yes. <laughs> it's not knocked up. It's not This Is 40, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I will say it's one movie you saw, I think, earlier this year, and you very much disliked it. Oh, and I had Jonah Hill, huh? Uh... Apparently. Yes, he is in it. <laughs> a Jonah Hill movie, and I saw it this year. I don't. I, I wouldn't say it's his movie. He's in it. <laughs> yes, he's in it. <laughs> uh, oh yes, God! He is in it. A, a movie with Jonah Hill in it from this year, huh? <laughs> yes, he is in it. Oh man. Um, and I didn't like it. Is it fucking no. Hell- is it Hellboy? <laughs> <laughs> is he in Hellboy? It's, 
I don't think so. <laughs> is it the beach bomb? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christ. No wonder I can't remember it. Um, okay, so then that's probably McConaughey? Yeah. Okay, so he's the, tit- the, titular, he's the titular beach bum. Um, What's his name? Uh, I don't know, Beach Bummington? Moondog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, moon dog. Oh, Moondog. <laughs> that's my favorite position. Oh, Jesus. That's okay. There you go. Uh, it's dance position. God. A dance position. Okay. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> clearly you dance. <laughs> My favorite dance position is moon dog. <laughs> the, the no pants dance. You know what? I I should have I said yoga. That would have made more sense. Yeah, yoga. Self-edit. I had forgotten Jonah Hill was in that movie. Because, um, man, that movie was a stinker. Or at least I hated it. I want someone else to have seen it and talked to me about it. Because maybe they could remind me of having... I don't know. I've seriously repressed the memories. So... Um, anyway, we got Matthew McConaughey and the beach bum talking about going to swallow the whole world up and stuff, uh, this week on making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. (laughs) My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. All right. We're going to talk, uh, this is a big week, big week in the world of movies, uh, because of some streaming stuff that's going on. So let's talk about it. Here we go. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. A big week indeed. Uh, Disney Plus is here, Seth. <laughs> you just you just responded to yourself. I do it often. Yeah, I was doing it today. I was walking, cleaning my apartment today, and I uh, I was like, "All right, Co, what are we gonna do?" And then I went, "Let's grab a ginger ale." <laughs> And then I grabbed a ginger ale and drank it and watched a movie. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm fine. America, I'm fine. Don't send help. Uh, I'm good. I'm okay. He's not fine. It's okay. He's good. I'm good. We're good. Um, Seth, Disney Plus is here. <laughs> and uh, as of this podcast drop, so as, as of record day, we're on the eve of the singularity. And uh, by the time this podcast releases, it will have already happened. So Disney Plus is here. You know, the whole fucking Disney library is going to be out there for folks to watch. All the new Marvel, all the new Star Wars, all that stuff is going up on there. And uh, it figures to change the landscape of this whole streaming thing. And so it's been big in the news lately. Um, One thing that I definitely want to make sure people are aware of, if you're a Verizon Wireless customer and you have an unlimited data plan, then you get Disney Plus for the first year for free. So yeah, there you go. So make sure you check, uh, I think on your like Verizon app is the place to check for it. Um, and you can, uh, go in there, find the details and get your free year. Um, just in case you hate it, you might as well get it for free. So, uh, also the Mandalorian, uh, was released this week. So I'm sure we'll be watching that and talking about it on this uh, this podcast later on, but I think it's weekly releases. So it's not like we won't binge the whole thing, but, um, yeah, I think it's like two I think that maybe they do they drop two or just one. I think I don't know if they drop two right away, and then it's one after that. Maybe they could be. I don't know. Not sure. Uh, I will be definitely checking that out in preparation for episode nine next month. Um, but Seth, the thing nine. we wanted to talk about is not on the streaming. Well, it is on the streaming platform, um, but it was some comments from outside the streaming platform, particularly some MCU execs. Uh, I think this was Feige was in an interview this week, and he said that. A person will need to watch the Disney Plus shows 
in order to really understand what's going on in the MCU going forward. And this, I think, is an important and big distinction because we weren't quite sure. We've had we've had sort of um, things said either way about whether or not this was going to be the case. And in fact, since he made those comments, I think they've been walked back a little bit over the course of the last mm-hmm. week. But um, what I what I want to talk about here is this this idea that the MCU can extend out beyond what you see in the movies. And uh, I'm going to work from the assumption now that we do need to watch everything on Disney plus in order to understand the movies completely. Um, and I'll say that pisses me off a lot because there's already 20 of these goddamn movies at two hours a piece. And now you're going to add another 40 or so 50 hours of TV that I need to watch so that I can understand Shang-Chi. Um, and <laughs> I get, First of all, I don't think there's any world where you're not going to be able to understand Shang-Chi without having watched fucking WandaVision. But <laughs> but there may be some in-jokes that are better, or you may be able to see some plot twists coming or whatever. And I, I, still, I still really don't like that because I think what that does, and I think probably the intent of his comments was to say, make sure you go get Disney+. Plus. I think this is like a like a really shady way to advertise your service by saying we're hijacking the entire MCU until you get Disney plus and watch all these shows. That really annoys me because I think it's asking too much of the audience. Um, so Seth, let's start here. Uh, if you are the MCU and you decide, okay, we want to extend this universe out into this TV world, um, and and require at least, at least for some of the things we're going to do in the movies, we're going to require you to have watched all this TV. Do you think that's fair? And within like, the reasonable bounds of what you think a, a franchise like the MCU should be doing. MCU. Um, so what, what I'll say here is here, this is what my assumption will be with how this, how like what he's saying with his comments that you to understand everything entirely, you'll have to, to watch the MCU um, shows. So this is like kind of like a parallel. So with, with rogue one, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or not Rogue One, excuse me, with um, Solo, with Solo. At the end of so- Solo, spoilers, Darth Maul shows up, right? Yeah. The, the reason that, see, for me, I'm like, I don't fucking know. what like, I know Darth Maul, but, you know, I I thought, he, I guess it was known he was dead or, what, you know, whatever the case is. Um, I've never seen the Clone Wars show or movies or whatever. Um, they, and there, they explain why he's alive. For me, though, it didn't take away from my enjoyment. I was just like, okay, Darth Maul's there. But to fully understand that, I have to watch supplement material. That's how I think the MCU stuff will be. So, like, it won't be important, but it will be like, oh, hey, okay, you know, that's cool. That mm-hmm. type of thing. That's that's what I think it'll be relative to. I, I think just like with, with Di- what Disney's kind of been doing with some of the movies and shows is like, they even go into some of like the the novels that are technically canon and they throw little things in there. And so like that, I think that little bit of fan service is cool. I think that's basically what it'll be is like almost in a way fan service. I like some of it, I think like the WandaVision stuff, you know, like that's going to relate. They already said that's going to relate directly to, to Dr. Strange, but Mm -hmm. I think it's all a, a, a wait to be seen, though. To to like, I I, I want to see how this is actually applied first, because, you know, I, to go back to your original question, do it, do I think it's fair? I I mean, I I think it's I think it's I mean, <laughs> I think it's under the assumption everyone's gonna watch it anyway, and I, that might be a bad assumption, but I think they're gonna, you know, I I really do with with the cheap price point with the TV shows whatever, um, 
I, I think it, I think it's fair for them to do. They can they can do it. It's it's their business model. It's their you know it's it's their their uh, really their their choice to do it. And and I think for for the families, I think honestly some families could even just only buy Disney Plus and not even go to the movies because the movies are going to go on there pretty much right away, right? So you know I I just. I think it's fine for them to do, and 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 yeah, it's a, it, it can be a lot of stuff to watch, but I think there's going to be certain parameters too. I think honestly, that might even warn people, because what you know, the what if show that's not going to matter, right? Mm-hmm. But if you want to go see Doctor Strange and and understand it completely, you got to watch WandaVision. So it, even even if there's big things that happen in the shows, I think they'll kind of explain around it or explain it, you know, in, in a in a layman's terms to the to the audience. That might get annoying for people who have seen it already, but I think they'll at least... They're not going to make people pay to go to a movie and make everyone confused unless it's Avengers Endgame, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, for, for for the most part, they're not going to... You know, if it's not a big event movie, like like you said, Shang-Chi, if, if something happens in WandaVision where uh, she runs into Shang-Chi or changes his, you know, gender, I don't know, like, they're going to explain it in the movie in, in layman's terms so that people understand it and they haven't seen the show. Mm-hmm. that's my I, guess i hope so like i don't know and you're right it would be very stupid of them to truly do something that is going to be confusing as shit to someone who hasn't seen the show that'd be very dumb and so yeah I, it, it seems it feels to me like dirty i don't know why it, it seems really gross to be <laughs> like you know all these stories you love well you're not going to understand them unless you give us six bucks a month and like i'm already paying twenty dollars every time i go see one of these fucking things so it seems it feels dirty it, it is the prerogative of the business i get that and i get the story structure and all of that stuff i think you know tying back to something we talked about a few weeks ago i think this i think truly if and it, again you're right it remains to be seen you know because we've been it, it, they could adopt the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. model that they've had where, you know, early on they were working to run parallel with each other. But, like, you really didn't need to know shit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, if anything, you needed to watch the movies in order, in order to get the show. <laughs> Some um, of it, yeah. So I, I hope that they stay in that lane because uh, I think the closer you get to making me watch a bunch of these other shows, because I don't want to watch all these fucking shows. There's some of them I don't want to watch. And so if my movie going experience is going to be less than because of that i'm gonna i'm gonna start getting really fucking annoyed and (laughs) like you said it it remains to be seen what they'll actually do i doubt it'll be anything monumental or anything you know really that's gonna affect my movie going experience it's it's like a lot of movies some folks are gonna understand all the references some folks are not and i just hope they keep it in that realm so see from what i understand the one that really is going to impact a lot is wandavision that's going to really impact it's basically going straight into Doctor Strange, from what I've heard. So that one you might actually need to watch. But if you don't want to watch it, I think most people will. I think I think most I think most of the people in in the country are probably going to get Disney Plus. And if they have the money to go to, uh, you know, an MC movie with every time one comes out with their family, they're going to have money to 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 pay for Disney Plus and then probably also watch. Oh, it's a you know free movie for us to watch. You know, free three movies or whatever. So I think for the general movie-going public, um, I, I think I don't think it's going to matter. But for you who doesn't want to, you know, watch a Wandavision show, you could just you know read about it <laughs> you could, before you go, you know, or watch. I'm sure there'll be like um, clips or YouTube videos that succinct, you know, make it into a succinct like 15 minute thing to everything you need to know before you know 
all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, there'll be a ton of those, I'm sure. Um, which may be, because yeah, I, I have such a hard time like getting behind, I don't know, getting behind the idea of taking on a show because I have to, you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's what, uh, you were talking about this recently because you're breaking up with the Arrowverse. Like, it, it I officially me. already have. <laughs> it's over, yeah, he's already done it. And so like, if, uh, you know, if, if I said now, okay, here comes a Green Arrow movie, but you're not going to know shit about it unless you watch Supergirl, like, that's annoying. And I get, like, again, I hope and I, I, I'm I sure that this is the case, that it won't be quite that way. Um, I but I don't like this idea that I'm now being assigned shit um, to watch in, a, in addition to the movie. Like, go do your homework or you're not going to understand Shang-Chi. That pisses me off. I don't like it. <laughs> Well, for one, they're definitely not going to do it for Shang-Chi, but it will be. <laughs> I know. Like, that's just the funniest example. <laughs> you're really bagging on Shang-Chi. I, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see about Shang-Chi, but I'm not a huge believer. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think it's going to be fine. I think, I think you just need to take a deep breath. You know, um, I suck a deep another, breath, Seth. <laughs> take another tequila shot. And when, when Disney plus, you know, they start, they start, you know, rolling out a little bit of the, a little bit of the good stuff. You're just gonna get into it and and uh, get hooked again. So they fucking better roll it out. I don't know. Maybe it's just tequila. Tequila makes me hate Disney. I don't know if, if you knew that. About. It's a weird side effect. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I am excited to see the Mandalorian and uh, some of the other stuff that's coming out on Disney Plus. And uh, I can do that now for free since I'm a uh, a Verizon uh, Unlimited user. So uh, folks, go ahead and uh, you know if you're a Verizon user, go find the relevant details to get your free year. Otherwise, everyone, happy happy TVing. Uh, because I'm sure a lot of folks are going to be locked to some shit on Disney Plus over the course of the next, uh, you know, the next month or so. Probably, I'm sure they're going to see crazy traffic to uh, to the Star Wars Pornhub movies. Uh, probably Pornhub as well, uh, especially in the Star Wars uh, Star Wars themed porn department. Um, are you going to be doing a Star Wars recap ahead of Episode Nine, Seth? No. I uh, I probably will, and I know that at Jared Buckendall is doing one as well. Um, I saw him working on it the other day, so uh, I probably will. I'm I'm gonna do that and watch The Mandalorian and uh, get this new Jedi Fallen Order. Which is it still coming out now, or is it after the new yeah. year? Did they push it back? No, I think it's this. Is it? I don't know. I thought it was this month. Let's see. I think it's Friday. It is. Holy shit! Ah. <laughs> Oh, I guess I know what I'm doing this weekend. And say I'll probably play that. <laughs> oh crap! Yeah, It'll be my first new game in a long time. This. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I've just been picking up like a couple dollar games on the on the cheap um, uh-huh. things, but I haven't really played much. But this this and is going in the queue. Did you see that Death Stranding game is like super well reviewed? <laughs> like, is it really? I keep seeing fucking trailers for that, Every- and it looks so dumb to me. <laughs> It looks so weird. Homie's got I just a, wanna... I, was, I was watching Rick and Morty, and they have the Rick and Morty commercial for that. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. It's, it's Rick and Morty, like, walking through the world of Death Stranding, and one of them has this this suit that includes a little, um, like, a tube for a baby, and there's a baby strapped to this guy's front in, like, this liquid tube. And mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's a weird Rick and Morty thing. And then they cut to footage from the game. No, that's actually fucking Norman Reedus walks around <laughs> with a baby. And so it's like a baby Bjorn in a bubble that's strapped yeah. to him. It's weird, man. I don't get it. I read the because now that, it, you know, the game's out, people are were talking about the plot and stuff. And and uh, just sounds like it, this world. It's like a post maybe post apocalyptic apocalyptic or something. But 
it's a world now where like there's like nuclear stuff and like crazy monsters and stuff and you're supposed to just travel across the united states in the game i'm like that sounds and there's like mist and fog and stuff like that doesn't sound like a game for me at all but conan o'brien's in it (laughs) oh my god yeah uh i will not be getting death stranding i will be getting jedi fallen order um and we've somehow slipped in we've slipped over uh into the video games portion of the show somehow but um so we have spin it back to the to the film, but yeah, I, I I am excited for Disney Plus on the whole. I'll be interested to see what all is in that catalog, um, and uh, you know we'll continue to see how the streaming wars change. Hopefully Netflix still exists uh, by the time this podcast releases because we got the <laughs> Irishman coming up in a couple weeks. But uh, yeah, we'll see Disney Plus. Uh, if you've already started it, I'm sure you have by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Let us know how your experience has been, and uh, whether or not you're going to watch all the fucking Marvel. Marvel stuff. I I don't know, man. I, I don't know how much of it. I don't watch a ton of TV at all. I like, I want to watch Watchmen and I, I keep watch, not watch, finding watch. my, you know, I may be able to squeeze in an episode or two tonight, but I like actively want to see that show and I can't, you know, get on it. So I, I don't even fucking care to watch, you know, Marvel's What If. So I don't know if I'll ever get to something like that. So I don't know. We'll see. Let us know out there if you're going to, are you, Seth, are you planning to watch all of the Marvel Disney Plus stuff? Yeah, the Marvel stuff for sure. Um, we'll see if uh, your password password works for uh, for that. So maybe I'll watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll link to my uh, my profile in the description box. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, we can we can write that we can write the Disney plus when we do have to pay for it we can write it off as a business expense uh, because because of the podcast. So that's always good. Actually, the IRS would laugh at us. They're like six dollars a month. You guys are stupid. Uh, <laughs> anyway uh disney plus let us know what you guys think of it and uh we, in the meantime we're gonna roll on uh you won't find this next film in uh on disney plus uh, but i found it at blockbuster so you probably you probably won't get access to it there either uh let's get into a movie i reviewed for our we missed the boat oh i'm on a boat am All right. So for folks who don't know, We Missed the Boat is the segment where Seth and I force each other to watch movies that we know are great. So uh, we recommend a list of five to each other. And uh, that's a rolling list. And every other week, one of us watches a movie and reviews it for the show. So this is my turn. And this is a movie I was excited to get to. And I'll tell you why in a second. Um, But I watched Tully. uh, Tully. Just this morning, actually. And uh, this is Charlize Theron. And she is a, she's sort of a struggling mom, uh, a new mom to her third child. And her husband is Ron Livingston. And uh, they're really just having a hard time at home, or she is, uh, you know, taking care of the kids, managing her whole life. And is just a really super stressed out housewife. And so her brother, who's played by Mark Duplass, uh, sets her up with a night nanny. And the night nanny uh, is exactly like what it sounds like. She shows up at night takes care of the baby so Charlie's can sleep. And so it's about uh, that nanny whose name is Tully and uh, the friendship she strikes up with Charlize and how Charlize's life changes uh, from having this night nanny. So this is an interesting movie. It's written by Diablo Cody, which is one of the reasons I, I was really stoked to get on it today because um, uh, I really enjoy her writing. And um, Jason Reitman, I believe, was the... Do I have that yes. right? He directs? Yes. So He's, the, he's doing the Ghostbusters. That's right. Yep. Um, and I really dug this movie. There's, 
this movie is, is a really interesting one. Um, and there are some plot elements that you don't see coming. And so I can't, I can't get too deep into the movie without touching on those. And so I, I can't tell you a lot about plot, but what I can say is in the, in the whole, the whole first act of this movie is set up to make you understand the struggles that Charlize's character is going through. And man, did they nail that? Like the first 20 or so minutes of this movie is her going about her life and how hard it is for her to be a mom and all this other stuff. And it was giving me some serious fucking anxiety. I was like, I, if I was this bitch, I would, I would strap the kids into some car seats and leave them in the living room and drive away and never come back. Like it, 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 that, that is something that I don't remember ever having seen put so well to screen that I was able to be like, Oh God, being a mother's hard. Um, <laughs> and Charlize does a really good job. She put on a lot of weight for this role. I remember uh, a lot of folks talking mm-hmm. about, and she looks at, she's one of the most beautiful women in the world and they make her look like this homely ass housewife. And she's kind of gross. Mm-hmm. in a lot of scenes, like there wasn't a, in a movie that had Charlize Theron in it, I never went, mm, look at Charlize Theron, you know, <laughs> and that, that felt weird, but it also made me appreciate the movie on, on, a, on a higher level. So really enjoyed her in this. Um, Mackenzie Davis plays the character Tully and she's a big Mm -hmm. reason why I wanted to watch this because Mackenzie Davis is in the new Terminator movie that I watched Mm -hmm. last weekend and I was like oh man Mackenzie Davis can get it I want to watch some more (laughs) Mackenzie Davis and so um, that was part of the reason I watched this she is really awesome in this too Um, she's Mm kind of this quirky free spirity type character uh, that's kind of really fun and she contrasts well with Charlize uh, who's sort of the more dumpy looking one Um, and so it's a little bit of that, you know, she helps Charlie's kind of come out of her shell a little bit and uh, they strike up a really interesting relationship with each other that that is fun. Uh, this movie's pretty funny a lot of the time and it's Diablo Cody writing. So it's a lot of that. She wrote Juno, if you don't know. Um, a lot of that really witty, really quick dialogue. Um, and what's funny in this that I noticed is they don't, the, the, the witty, snappy, I know pop culture dialogue happens in a world that is not, entirely that so like in other movies everyone understands all the references and talks to each other that same exact way in this movie only Charlize is talking like a smart ass to everybody and like they respond to her as such like she'll say some mean shit under her breath that has to do with Justin Bieber and the other character will be like what and then they'll move on like they don't all indulge that that mm-hmm. that you know, overwriting, uh, like a lot of other movies do, which I thought was really entertaining. Um, cause mm-hmm. it makes Charlize, you empathize with her and you feel sorry for her a lot of the time, but also she's kind of a dick sometimes. And so <laughs> you, you know, she, you don't, you're not fully on board with her, but this movie was super interesting and I really enjoyed it. it really the plot is just this family gets a night nanny. Here's what happens. And so mm-hmm. I liked how simple it was. Um, I, I really liked Charlize. It, it, it got across to me the exact stuff that I, that I, that it wanted to, like, I could tell at the end of this movie, oh, this is what this movie wanted me to know. And I know all of it now. So it was really effective mm-hmm. movie making. It's a tight, like it's 95 minutes, I think. So yeah, it's, short. it's, uh, it's really, really well done. Every like top to bottom, everything in this was good. And I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and the, it, the, like I said, I, I don't want to talk too much about the plot of this movie, but there is some stuff in here that you don't see coming at the beginning. That is really interesting and cool to me. Um, and, uh, so I, I appreciated the whole thing. I thought it was a really dope watch. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That, that was one of my favorites last year. That, that one flirted with my, my, uh, my top 10, but, um, I did like that one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love uh, good twists and turns and stuff. And, um, 
yeah it was it just it the the you you brought up the the uh like that anxiety that that oh my god up front with her and like i do distinctly remember that and being just like thank god i don't have kids <laughs> yeah this was a uh, if you if you run out of birth control and condoms just watch Tully you'll then you won't you won't have kids uh, <laughs> yeah because it's like there are some scenes where this like this baby is crying and then her other kids are yelling about other shit and you're just like oh my god just listen just watching it in a movie is insufferable for like the minute that it shows it mm-hmm. and then you remember that like this bitch can't get out of that situation like <laughs> that's her life yeah and you're like yep. oh man so it they that they do that super effectively here. Um, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because the other Diablo Cody movie that is most popular is Juno and that has to do with pregnancy and stuff too so it was it was cool to see and they don't romanticize any of the pregnancy or baby stuff it's all shown very literally and Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's not uh well that that's just it They're, they're very real with you they don't dramatize and and put makeup on the ugliness that is fucking having a kid and then the first few months of it um so I, I appreciate it. And uh, th- those of our friends who have kids, I'm like, oh my God, you guys are saints. Because <laughs> I would not want to do with any of this shit. But uh, uh, totally was dope, man. Uh, and I doubt I was the target demographic for that movie, but um, but it was effective. Yeah. And I, I, I dug it yeah. a lot. Charlize Theron, man, she can do it all. I watch anything with her in it. Was Young Adult Diablo Cody as well? I want to say yes. I want to say yes. And that's actually one I haven't seen. I haven't seen Young Adult. Really? Yeah. All right. I, I think I may oh, have cool. started it, um, but uh, but I, I don't remember having like actually sat and watched the whole thing. You know what? Let's not even belabor the point. Let's throw Young Adult on there. All right. Young Adult. <laughs> you just made the list! <laughs> the fans love it. Uh, so yeah, another Diablo Cody movie with Charlize Theron. Uh, I think I will watch it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yes a high recommend for tully uh you can check it out at your local blockbuster or uh you can pay to rent it and it might be on streaming it occasionally pops up on hulu so um, yeah that's also a jason reitman directed diablo cody written oh shit i should have just double featured it no um, okay. i add it to your video okay. or to your list i'll add it to my list uh and so, it's also 94 minutes fucking a i love these guys maybe i'll just watch all their <laughs> movies uh, young adult goes on the list alongside good time fighting with my family call me by your name and toy story three so i've got some good stuff here uh seth you're going to be reviewing a movie from your list next week on the show uh, what are your options um my options are avengers endgame avengers endgame avengers endgame <laughs> uh no uh, my options are silence of the lambs nightcrawler v for vendetta eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and thoroughbreds Ooh, you got some good oh actually so when i put in the dvd for tully uh there were previews and one of the previews was for thoroughbreds yeah yeah i remember seeing that in the theater the trailer in the theater actually for that yep they also had one uh gringo which is one i wanted to see but didn't and I, it didn't get reviewed well um, no it didn't <laughs> but it's also got Charlize Theron and then David Oyelowo and it, the trailer made me go like eh, maybe there's a good movie in there uh, <laughs> but uh, just don't ask the critics so yeah uh, highly recommend renting a DVD if you can and watching the trailers from when that movie came out uh, very rewarding stuff <laughs> so Seth will be reviewing one of his five films next week um, and for those of you who want to keep up go ahead and watch Tully and let us know what you thought on Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod or leave us a voicemail on the anchor page you can find the link to that in the description box 
Uh, for now, though, we're going to move on from We Missed the Boat to some films that came out a little more recently. Let's get into this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! I want to start here with just a real quick review of a movie uh, that Seth reviewed on the podcast a while back, and I just want to throw my two cents on. I watched The Art of Self-Defense last night. Uh, so this is Jesse Eisenberg as a character who starts taking karate lessons uh, after he gets mugged. And this is, I, I think, so the biggest thing I would say about this movie is the trailers do not tell you what type, type of movie this is going to be. <laughs> I thought this was going to be like a really witty, uh, kind of fun, quirky comedy about, it is not. This movie is, is there's funny parts in it. It is not a comedy. Um, it's uh, It goes to some dark fucking places in this movie. And mm-hmm. I really liked it, um, but... I was surprised by some of the shit that goes on in this. So, like, be ready to say, like, oh, shit, I didn't know this was that kind of movie. Uh, but Art of Self-Defense was really good. I liked the way it was shot. Uh, the story that it told was interesting. There was some plot elements that I didn't see coming that were pretty fun. And uh, Eisenberg was good, as always. And then, um, oh, shit, what's her name? Is that is that main girl? Is that Imogen Poots? Is that her name? Um, um. Yes, I think so. Yeah, Imogen Poots is in this, and she is very cool, as always. Yeah, that's her. She's dope. I've seen her in a few things now, and uh, I really like her. Uh, actually, she's in That Awkward Moment with Mackenzie Davis, so that's pretty fun. Anyway, Art of Self-Defense, uh, you can rent it. It's on v, uh, VOD now, Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, was that a 19 movie or an 18? Uh, 19, came out earlier this year. Oh, okay, so it was this year. Uh, yeah, I dug it. Just understand, you're going into some shit that you didn't want. You may may even want to check, does the dog die on this one? This gets into some shit. But um, yep. yeah, check it out. But it's good. Just know you're, it's not a straight up comedy uh, when you go. But I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, the theme of toxic max- masculinity was kind of the overarching theme of that. But yeah, it's uh, very, uh, very interesting. But I did enjoy it. I, I agree with uh, what you said. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a couple yeah totally and um and the artist self-defense we'll have to hang on for some spoiler chat after we get done recording because there's some shit in that <laughs> both those movies that we got to talk about um uh let's see here so in terms of brand new movies from this past weekend uh you saw two and i saw one so why don't you go ahead and go first with one of the movies you saw this weekend okay we'll save uh we'll save the the longer discussion for uh the last movie last christmas but uh, first one I did see, um, went to the local art house cinema and saw, <laughs> and saw a, uh, Spanish film. Um, but it actually, and it, it's weird. I was looking this up before. So I, cause I, I was reading some articles. Um, I was deciding whether or not to go to this and, uh, re- read some articles that said it's, it's up for, um, or a lot of people have it in potential discussions for Oscars, uh, in not just the foreign language, but, um, for like acting and directing and potentially even best picture, kind of like Roma last year. Um, but I, I did see though, like looking this up that countries like countries individually submit for best foreign picture. And apparently this is already the, uh, Spain's best picture. Oh shit. Um, so uh, that, I thought it was kind of interesting that they like uh, countries just alone will submit a movie and then like they already have it in by now. So um, that's interesting, but this is Pain and Glory is the name of the film. It's uh, Antonio Banderas is the uh, is the star of this one. Um, it's directed by uh, Pedro Alamodovar. I can't say it, um, but he's done a few recently here. Um, maybe not. 
I made me think confusing of someone. Okay, so I lied. He, but I think he's been, I think he's been nominated for like um, best foreign and stuff like that in the past. But um, basically, what what this is very uh, definitely a, an academy type film um, because it's about the life of a director. <laughs> um, so Antonio Antonio Banderas plays uh, Salvador Malo, who is a is a director um, from Spain who is like in this you know uh, world. Uh, he's the most successful director from Spain. Some of his movies have crossed over into America and stuff, and so he's kind of got like a, um, a cult status in America and like a very popular status in Spain. And so um, in this, he's, I'm assuming in his 60s, I don't think they ever say, but just based off some math when he was a kid and they mentioned it was 50 years ago, I think he's in his 60s. And so at this point, he is kind of just out of the game. Um, he hasn't directed in a bit and he is like very beat up from basically from because from an early age he was making films so um he was doing all the partying and like you know because he was a star you know uh and so he was partying and all all this stuff and so now later in life he's dealing with like anything imaginable in terms of his body he had like back surgery and like he's got nerve damage and um he also has like depression and anxiety so he's just very like for one he takes tons of drugs and stuff to like kind of balance all that stuff out. And, um, he's just very down and, and out and secluded and stuff. And so, um, he, the movie kind of starts with he, him getting a, uh, a call that his movie is going to be playing at a, at a, uh, festival. Oh, his like most famous one. And there's, he, they want him to do a Q and a and stuff after, and, and they want him to do it with the star of the movie who he had an, he had a falling out with when it was made like 30 years ago and he hasn't spoke to since. And so them reconnect, connecting kind of, um, brings back a lot of memories. And so the movie does a lot of like back in time type thing. Like, so it'll show he's talking about different projects or he's talking about his life and then it'll go back and, and kind of show that. So there's that kind of like starts the whole thing of him thinking about his past. And so he gets into doing some other drugs. The, the, the star of the movie, um, gives them some heroin and so that triggers some thoughts about his past with his mom and and so the whole movie really explores kind of the parallels with him and his filmmaking with um also the his past and and his past relationships and in his relationship with his mother and and uh, his lovers and and different things like that um and and it just kind of goes really like you know it starts from from that point and kind of moves forward with um getting to where he is now and and it's just it's it's a really interesting journey and then it kind of discovers too like you know how how life um how real life um influences like you know the work and and how much of real life should go into influencing films and things like that uh, like in his case so it's it's really interesting some really cool shots in this movie too um they they use the camera especially like the last shot of the movie they do a really interesting uh thing with with the with the camera and and uh uh, with a cool reveal. Um, but this is definitely like, like I mentioned, an Oscar type movie. Um, it's very much in, you know, if you're into, um, you know, movies and film at all and, and kind of like the, a movie I saw earlier this year was the souvenir and different movie in, in terms of some of the themes, but very much about making movies and like the, the art of doing it and, and like the influences and, and that type of thing, like how much someone puts themselves into the movies. So if you're into like, the movie in terms of like movie, not movie making, but really like how kind of movies start and, and like 
the thoughts of that and and diving deep into that stuff. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy this. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, not only just that, but like the the performances. Like Manderas is great. Um, this is the best I've ever seen him, and especially a guy who you know I grew up watching him in Spy Kids. It's you know it's, <laughs> it's cool to see him doing a really deep deep role like this. And it is all Spanish. Uh, you know, it's subtitles, um, Spanish spe- spoken with subtitles. So you know that that's something that I think if you didn't enjoy Roma, um, I think. This one is even like faster in terms of the dialogue. It's very quick and and um, Roma was kind of simplified in a lot of areas too. So um, this might not be as easy to, to keep up with, and it might not be your cup of tea or whatever. Um, but it it is um, I think super well done, well acted, very well directed. Some really cool shots. Um, the, a lot of the supporting cast. I don't really know anyone else from the supporting cast, but I really liked them. Um, I actually think P- uh, Penelope Cruz was the only other person in the movie and played his mother when he was a kid. I believe that's who that was. I, I'm not totally sure just at the moment, but um, Penelope Cruz is great in this movie. Uh, I believe it's his mother. So she, if that's it, then yeah, she, she's great. Um, but yeah, just overall really well done. It's a very small release. So I don't know if that's going to get to many places, but um, if, if it's in your area and, and sounds, you know, if that's anything you're into, I would hundred percent recommend it. Uh, it's in my top 10 so far this year. Wow, uh, I can confirm that's Penelope Cruz, and uh, she is a very beautiful woman. I'm surprised to hear that this is in your top ten because I I know that you haven't gravitated toward foreign films a ton, um, but I know mm-hmm. like this and The Farewell are ones that you've seen this year. Um, so which is good. Like I love if I know you're into foreign movies, there's at least one that I can recommend to you. I'll save it for your list sometime. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't always go for the subtitle movies. But here, you thought it wasn't—it wasn't a distraction for you. You were still enjoy, were able to enjoy the movie even with having to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, and especially like with with um, you know Spanish language, there's a lot that kind of relates. You know, um, you know, you can if you know just even some basic, real, real basic Spanish, you can understand some of what's going on even without like having to read it. So there there's points in the movie where I'm like, okay, you know, I didn't even have to hundred percent read it or mm-hmm. I would read it really quickly and then go back to what's on the screen. So, um, it was easy to, to understand what's going on. That's cool. And I took zero, I took zero Spanish and in, in high school. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always wanted to, sometimes I'll put on, I, I, I speak Spanish very, very medium, medium amount. Like I, I know more than the average person, but I'm not great. But Sometimes I'll throw on Telemundo and see how much I can pick up, and uh, sometimes it's a lot. So this is a cool one, Pain and Glory. Uh, I really love the aging author, or aging uh, artist, I should say. Uh, I I like that as a setup for a movie, and um, we've seen it a few times in the last couple years uh, to great effect. So I dig this. Good to see Antonio Banderas kind of back and doing some um, some, uh, more... You know, high-end stuff rather than Spy Kids. You're right, because that's the thing I remember him most from as a kid, for and sure. Zorro. And Zorro. yeah. So that is Pain and Glory. Uh, gets a, a, a great review from Seth. It's in his top 10 for the year. Uh, let's talk about what I saw this weekend. I went to the new Stephen King adaptation, Dr. Sleep. So this is the sequel to The Shining. And it has uh, Ewan McGregor as Danny Torrance, who is the kid in The Shining. He's now grown up. And essentially, he still has The Shining, which is essentially this, like, it's like this blanket um, telepathy 
I guess, is the best way to describe The Shining. And there are different types of shine you find in this movie. Um, And essentially, um, Danny has grown up to be this drunk and his life kind of sucks. But then he meets this little girl and she's probably 14. And she also has the shine and hers is incredibly powerful. And the reason they connect is because Rebecca Ferguson's character, Rose the Hat, is on the hunt for people who shine. Uh, and she has this little cult group. And what they do is they kill, they torture and kill people who shine because they can feed off the shine. When, when, they, when they torture someone and eventually kill them, they can feed on their fear and then eventually they can just eat the shine. Um once they murder yeah. the person. So it's really fucking crazy. Um, and Rebecca Ferguson sets her sights on this girl. And then that's why the girl connects with Danny and Ewan McGregor is kind of there to stop Rose the hat from eating this fucking girl. Um, that's in general, the plot of this movie. Um, I will say this about Dr. Sleep. I am so glad that I went to this in IMAX. Uh, because first and foremost, the sound design in this movie was off the charts. And I rarely notice this. Uh, occasionally, I'll come out of a movie and be like, the score, that was dope. But it's not super often. But this, it, it was absolutely the first thing I thought about when I left the movie. It was the sound. They do a lot here. This is, this is in large parts, this is a horror movie. Uh, and so there are some really scary segments. And the sound really hammers home the horror in those segments. They do this interesting thing where they have this bass beat and it the bass beats on a rhythm a lo- kind of like a heartbeat. Like it, it doesn't sound like a heartbeat would like dum 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 dum. It just it just is bass like doom 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 doom, but it's that rhythm uh that keeps going and then they'll speed up and slow down the rhythm to ramp up or pull back the action from the scene. And it's so effective. Uh, it made me really anxious a lot of the time and really hammered home a lot of the good scares here. Um, the sound was the biggest thing. They also use a lot of the original score from The Shining, uh, the opening sequence, which is that like, it's really like drab horns. It's like, bum, 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 bum. And then it like repeats. Um, and it's this really ominous, really bassy, heavy, dark down noise. Uh, and so seeing it at IMAX was really rewarding because you were able to get kind of yanked around by the sound design. Um, the actual action on screen, though, uh, was good. I enjoyed it. Um, but this isn't a rave review. I would say this is, in general, a middle-of-the-road uh, movie. It, it was really well for what it is. It was a, a... Well, I don't know about the book. I haven't read it. But it seems like a good enough adaptation. Uh, the acting in here was good. The effects were all good. Technically, a really well-made movie. Um, but nothing, no one thing really jumped out at me as being incredibly great other than the sound design. Um, the one big con that I would have, and I don't know how much of this stems from the fact that it's the adaptation, but they do a lot of, for lack of a better way of putting it, fan service to the original movie. They, they have a lot of elements that relate back to the first one that don't always seem completely necessary to the plot. That's why I call them fan service. Like there are some scary scenes that harken back to different ghosts and stuff that existed at the overlook, or they go to certain places and see certain things. 
that remind you of the first movie. And they cut in. There's a lot of like, oh, remember this from The Shining? Oh, remember that from The Shining? And to me, it seemed like too much. Uh, it seemed like it leaned, even for a sequel, it seemed like it leaned too hard on the first movie in, in ways that seemed unnecessary to me. That was the thing about it. So it was a little heavy on The Shining um, fan service, but it was really well made. And the standout thing would be the sound for me. But this was a pretty solid movie. I think you could still enjoy it without having seen the first movie, but it's The Shining. Fucking watch The Shining. Um, but uh, it had some good scares. Uh, it was a more modern take on the the shine. They expand upon the universe a little bit, which you really don't get any of in the first movie. So this was a welcome companion. I think it's a great you know partner piece with the original movie. Um, it didn't. It wasn't a home run for me, but a solid double. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, and. Uh, yeah, that was, that was general. I mean, again, nothing to write home about for me. It wasn't one of my favorites of the year or anything, but really well done, and, and I had an enjoyable time uh, for the two hours plus uh, that it was. So, yeah, it was, it was good stuff. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You you never saw The Shining, and, and um, you probably I, – I know this, this wasn't on your list to go see, so you'll have to take my word for it. Yeah. Yeah, I will not, I will not be saying that. <laughs> so one more movie, uh, and – I think we're going to have a little fun with this next one here. Yeah, so I, I went and saw uh, Last Christmas, and I went to it for one reason, which I'll explain in a minute. But um, in terms of the movie, here's my quick and easy review. Uh, Henry Golding is, is fun. Um, this is, uh, it's not a terrible movie, but it's not good by any means. Mm. And uh, if you like Hallmark Christmas movies, you will love this movie. Mm. That's all I'll say. Um, that's That's the review. What I want to do, so I went to this movie because I saw the trailer and I thought, um, I think I know the plot of this movie. <laughs> and so I went to go, I went to see this to see if I was correct. Oh, I bet you um, What, what, uh, um, have you seen the trailer for this? Yes. A couple times. Do you, okay. You've seen it a few times. Yeah. You don't need to see it again. Right. Give me your best guess of what happens in this movie. Okay. Um, okay. What happens in this movie? So, uh, Amelia Clark, who's the main character, she is this like loser type character who like always has shitty jobs and like is a bum, I think of sorts and like lives on people's couches and stuff. And mm -hmm. she's kind of a put offish person. She's not very friendly. And then for whatever reason, um, <clears throat> she gets a job at the uh, holiday, some sort of holiday thing where she's going to be an elf. And, mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line, it's revealed that she was incredibly ill at one point in the past and uh, barely survived. And that's a part of why she's so dickish, because that traumatized her. And uh -huh. um, so she starts working at this. Um, she's an elf at this Christmas thing. And then shortly thereafter, she runs into Henry Golding and they hit it off. They start having fun. He I, teaches her how fun Christmas is. Maybe she's some sort of cynic and he he forms her heart. Um, and so they strike up a relationship. She starts flourishing in her life and getting out there more and doing cool stuff. And then she probably gets sick again and very nearly dies. Uh, but, and then her attitude changes and she gets pissed off and breaks up with Henry Golding. And then at the end, um, she has to do some outlandish gesture to win him back. And she also gets healthy and they're happy at the end. Am I in the ballpark? Um, no, I, I thought you were going to go, when you first started saying uh, something about it, I thought that you were going to go in the right direction. So think of the song, 
hold on, hold on. He- heavy spoilers here. Oh yeah, heavy. We spoilers. should do a spoiler. Yeah. Heavy spoilers from here on out. If you don't want to see, if you do want to see this movie, then don't listen for say five minutes or so. If, and then if if not, we'll keep going if we want to. But oh, uh, let's do the let's say the spoiler sounder. Yeah, if you don't want to know what happens in this movie, we're gonna fucking spoil it completely yeah. right now. Uh, let me see if I can find. I know we have a spoiler button. Where the hell's my spoiler button? Ah, here it is. S P O I L spoil. Soiled it. Soiled it. Soiled it. You ruined it, and I'm leaving. Okay. Okay. I have a no- so, Can I guess again? I I just want to um I'll, I'll here I want to say it because I have a kind of a story behind it. <laughs> okay. But um if 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 I say it and you think that or if you have if you th- think what I actually tell you is is what you have then you can admit it. Okay. But, so I, I from the beginning, the first trailer I saw, the second I saw Henry Golding and she mentions she's she says in the trailer because I've seen this trailer I fuckload. Um, when, when in the trailer he says she says to him like, or he says like I fuck what did she say? She says you're always you're always um, appearing you know you're you're always I'm always seeing you and he goes um, I'm always running into you that's what she says and he goes um, is it. Am I running it? Basically, fuck. I don't remember how it goes now, actually. But basically, it's like along the lines of like they're running into each other on purpose, not coincidence or whatever, right? Oh, sure. So from from then, I I was like, he's not alive. Mm-hmm. Just from from that, I'm like, he's a ghost or something. Because I was thinking like Christmas past or whatever. So I was talking with with Jared the day the day I went to this. Um, I was talking with Jared, and we were talking about that. And he had a he had a, a thought about kind of similar to what you're talking about. Like she's a shitty person and is sick and, and you know, they get back together. Um, but he figured Henry Golding was also dead. When I thought about it for a second longer though, I thought of the song, right? The very next, uh, last Christmas I gave you my heart. The very next day you give it away. Mm-hmm. So then I texted him this exact text. Um, what if they try to relate it to the song and last Christmas he died and she was really sick and needed a heart transplant. So, so she got his heart but he's come back uh, to set her on the right path because she's wasting her second chance. That is literally exactly 100% what happened. Yep, that was going to be my second guess. Yep. <laughs> Damn it. So and I even thought of that I, while, I was, while I was saying my actual guess. Oh, I had a chance to be so cool. Yeah. So I, I this was at, what time was that? That was like, that was at like five o'clock. And then when I got, when I left the movie, I'm like, holy crap, I was right. But watch, watching this movie, it starts from the beginning and she's it. I figured what was going to happen is they were going to show her like early on in the movie, like when she was happy and a good person and stuff. And then they're going to show her get sick and all that. And like, so you were going to know from the beginning, that's not how they do it though. She's already kind of a shitty person from the beginning. And so they slowly reveal like, Oh, you were sick. Oh, um, you had heart problems. You need to treat your heart right. Oh, you had a heart transplant. And as these details are coming in, I'm getting more and more fucking excited <laughs> because I'm like, I'm so right. Um, uh, also, the the 100% clear giveaway within 20 seconds of Henry Golding being on the screen is they're going on a walk together. And he, like, anytime someone, a per- anytime a person's coming at them, he, like, dances out of the way. And so he's being, like, super, like, fun and, like, ooh, you know, I'm a wacky person. <laughs> but he's, so they're, like, they're playing it off, like. Yeah, they're paying, playing it off like he's, you know, he's there, but he's clearly, like, da- darting away. So I already knew he wasn't alive. I'm like, okay, sold. I know this. And then they started doing the heart stuff, and then they finally reveal um, there's a point where she's 
So like a couple nights before, she stays in this uh, apartment that's supposed to be his. So he says it's his apartment. And it's like very clean and like everything is, is particular in a spot. And there's like no pictures of him and all this stuff. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. And for a second, I thought she like broke into an Airbnb or something or just rented an Airbnb without knowing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then like two days later, she goes back to find him because he disappears all the time in this movie. Um, it's like for days on end. And so she goes into the apartment and then he, the the guy goes, um, oh yeah, Tom Welding or whatever his name is. Uh, he he died like a year ago and, and on Christmas and his apartment's on lease or we're, we're trying to sell his apartment or whatever. And that's how they reveal it all. Um, but it's, it's, I just like, I've never predicted a movie from a trailer that perfectly before, <laughs> but it's also like that. Come on. Yeah. Really? Ah, <laughs> uh, last Christmas. That, now that makes me want to puke. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not, someone said, Hey, you know that song last Christmas? I gave you my heart. What if it was literal? <laughs> yeah. Oh and the God. very next day you gave it away because she's wasting her life. Jeez. Oh, Barf um, City. I got to say, though, like the movie on the whole, so we can stop the, the spoilers. Like it was kind of fun. Like it was, it was there were some funny moments. Like uh, Emma Thompson co-wrote that, co-wrote the movie. And she plays like this Yugoslavian mother who like, she does this weird like character almost. And uh, it's kind of funny at times. And, like, Amelia Clark is... I, I liked her in this. And Henry Golding is kind of fun and charming and stuff. But I don't know. It, it's definitely, like, a Hallmark movie and should be watched exclusively on Netflix. <laughs> uh, that's... Okay. Yeah. So we're out of the spoiler zone. So, I, yeah. I, I, I want to go... I don't want to go back to that. But, yeah. that That's pretty much exactly what I thought in general. Like, I didn't get the plot right. But the whole movie around it seems... Yeah. That's about what I would have expected. So, last Christmas... Uh, in addition to Pain and Glory and Dr. Sleep and a quickie on Art of Self-Defense, um, all varying degrees of recommend uh, for this week's reviews. So a uh, pre- pretty solid weekend. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! And we're, ki- we're continuing to roll into the Oscar season and things are starting to really pop up. Uh, Seth, I know the big one this coming week uh, is going to be Ford v. Ferrari. So we, of course, talked about Bale and Matt Damon uh, a little bit before. Anything else you're going to get to this weekend? I uh, should hopefully be getting to Parasite, um, the uh, Korean film that everyone's buzzing about. Um, the Good Liar is getting some good reviews, so I might check that one out. Uh, I think it's Helen Mirren, I believe. I think that's right. And uh, Christopher Plummer, is he in it? That sounds right. If it's not him, it's another crazy old white dude. <laughs> yeah, I just know it's a crazy old white dude. Um, yeah, those, those are some that are looking to be coming out, so uh should be a good weekend. Nice. Yeah, it should be a good one indeed. Uh, I'll probably see at least a couple of those too, specifically Ford, Ford v. Ferrari is one I've been looking forward to. So uh, we'll have reviews on that next week. And uh, But today, though, we're, we're just about finished. But before you actually wrap things up, we've got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one I have a public service announcement for every listener and everyone within earshot of my voice. I am here to tell you, for your benefit, that the entire Matrix trilogy is now on Netflix. You can watch the whole thing, Seth. You can watch all of it on Netflix. It is available, and it's out there, and you can just put it on if you want. 
I, uh, this past weekend, started working through a rewatch of the trilogy. I watched the first two movies um, on uh, on two different days. And then actually tonight, when I finish this podcast, I'll be watching The Matrix Revolutions again. I will say, uh, The Matrix, the first one, 100% holds up. That movie's fucking awesome. Uh, the second one... I can see some of the criticism. I really enjoy the added on, um, you know, story elements that they put in here. Uh, you start to see a little bit more CG fighting in the second one, which I know has been panned quite a bit. Um, but the fighting, you got to remember when you go and watch these now that this was the state of the art in computer generated imagery at the time. So, and a lot of the times you just got to make sure that you're aware of that, um, so that you can appreciate a lot of what they're doing. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll report back on Matrix Revolutions. I know it's the, the least highly reviewed one of the bunch, and it's been quite some time since I watched it, so I'm excited to complete the trilogy again. But the entire Matrix trilogy on Netflix, everyone can go watch it now, including you, Seth. Uh, what, what's that movie? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> My one more thing. I, I kind of had a, a, a harrowing tale, tale myself here. A uh, harrowing that, tale? That harrowing tale. Oh, yes. Not heroin. Um... <laughs> One one that made me realize that, uh, you know, I I just uh, I I think I've grown uh, in my taste in movies. Uh, but I, I found out that one of my favorite uh, movies as a kid, a movie I watched many many times and and I thought was hilarious, uh, the new guy, uh, has only seven percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Oh no! Um, I I loved that movie, <laughs> and when when I pulled up that Rotten Tomatoes page and it said seven, I was expecting to see maybe thirty seven or forty seven. Um, I would have even accepted a twenty seven, but just a straight up seven, <laughs> a lonely old seven. Uh, you know, it it uh, it it made me realize that uh, I I feel like I've either grown up or uh, just had terrible taste in movies as a kid. I think there's some of both. Uh, actually, while you were reminiscing about the new guy, that's when I was watching Undercover Brother uh, the other week or the other day. But you want to hear some crazy shit? Undercover Brother, 2002, Eddie Griffin movie, 77 on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Yeah, right? <laughs> that's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Um, the box office was $42 million on a $25 million budget, so it made money too. But Undercover Brother is fucking awesome, dude. Like <laughs> that movie is hilarious. Not the sequel, Undercover Brother Two, which uh, at Jared Buckendall did a review of on his channel. I said, Jared, should I watch it? And he said, No. So I uh, I went back and watched the first one instead. But yeah, I love going back to those old movies. And like, no one's gonna tell you new guys not awesome, right? That's my favorite thing about those old those older movies like that is like you can tell me that it's a seven you can tell me Billy Madison is a thirty on Rotten Tomatoes you're not gonna tell me it's not fucking great you know is it a thirty on Rotten Tomatoes it doesn't have a very good score um let's look it up here Billy Madison is a forty wow yeah and uh, Happy Gilmore Happy Gilmore's got sixty one so that one's a little higher okay but there's a ton of those movies out there that like they're objectively yeah. bad movies but we love them. <laughs> But seven, though. <laughs> seven is pretty harsh. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so let's see. If you and I like the new guy, which I do, if we're all of the 7%, right? So that means that means we're two out of the 25 or so people that have seen the new guy, and we're the only ones that liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think maybe our, our uh, preteen minds uh really just enjoyed it because uh, elijah dushku 
uh, does the the swimsuit modeling in that. Ooh. Oh my gosh, Eliza Dushku. That's um, that's a pretty woman right there. She was in a lot of shit movies though. Uh, Bring It On, Wrong Turn. Oh my gosh. Oh, she's in Jan Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> she is, but you, you're like wrong turn. You named two movies. Like I'm scrolling through and I don't even recognize most of these movies. Um, and literally the only ones I know about are are shit movies. Other than J- I, I like Jan Silent Bob Strike Back, but like the new guy, Wrong Turn, Bring It On. Oh, she's in True Lies. Um, as as a kid, I guess. Um, she was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Slayer Doll yeah, she House. was. Dawn, I think her name was in Buffy. Yeah, so that's that's Eliza Dushku. Uh, pretty woman, not a great actress. Where did we start? The new guy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. We were all fooled into thinking that uh, that was a great movie because of Eliza Dushku's antics. Um, but you know what is a good movie? The Matrix. Go watch it on Netflix. No. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks. That's going to bring us to the end of episode 120, our 15th anniversary. <laughs> so that was pretty sweet. Hit it 15 times. Um, okay. Ready? No, I'm not really going to do that to everyone. Um, everyone's probably already... <laughs> Hit the fist 15 times. Everyone's already stopping the podcast anyway because we never say anything useful after this point. But, um, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll do a bunch of horns at the end. How's that sound? Uh, no. Don't forget, fist. folks subscribe if you haven't yet so you get new episodes of this show every thursday and of the sports show every friday um sport sport don't forget to uh pay, use our i almost said patronize use our uh, our services our services <laughs> use our sponsors services Hot. jesus support our sponsors by going to their links in the description box and checking them out uh and also you can support us on our anchor page uh select which amount is right for you on a monthly basis and i We'll be taking uh, tequila shots for you. This week's went out to fuck you. And uh, <laughs> so I want to give a shout out to Fuh as well as Mike and Jared. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, for those who aren't contributors, we appreciate you listening to the episode. That helps us out as well. Uh, just help us share the episodes out and uh, help us grow the audience. We really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe in terms of movies this season. So we're excited to start getting to a bunch of stuff and, and, uh, reviewing it for you uh, while we do a whole bunch of other dumb bullshit along the way. So uh, great fun, great fun. Yet another Octaversary in the books. And uh, we'll be back in seven days with, uh, with yet another episode. So uh, in the meantime, he is Seth Ott. I am Coco Rabbit. And we will see you next week. Bye.